Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, broken out a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making a better Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do bit. All my friends that come around, flash and flash up, party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs up down, what a mess, this town's tattered, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4CBS is our toll-free line brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You could save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Bob Sturm will join us tonight, our good friend from uh, the ticket in Dallas. Isn't it bad radio? Isn't that what they call it? I love it. Bob Sturm. He also does Stars Hockey. Carver, how do you think we talk enough stars hockey on the show? Not according to some people. Uh, that's coming up here at 1020 East, 1103 East. Our buddy Bill Michaels from the Bill Michaels syndicated show all over the state of Wisconsin. We'll talk about the Packers. And certainly uh, Mike McCarthy, who he knows quite well. Who got the Dallas Cowboys job. That's why we're talking to Bob Sturm. Eight straight playoff years, nine of ten years in the playoffs, and a Super Bowl. A lot of people today, Carver High, mocked that hiring. And I don't understand why, to be honest with you. Uh, The guys worked with great quarterbacks, a lot of them. And uh, let's face it, what, Young, Montana, uh, Favre, Rodgers, uh, he'll work with Dak Prescott. I do not agree with anyone that thinks it's a bad hire. I think the guy's a winner. I mean, eight straight playoffs, nine of ten, and a Super Bowl. Jason Garrett is the scum of the earth compared to that. I mean, he's absolutely worthless. He's worthless compared to this guy. I don't even want to hear it. I heard all these idiots on ESPN and everywhere else saying it's a bad hire. Shut the Pharrell up. You suck. That's why you're on uh, TV and you're not coaching in the NFL. The guy's a winner. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, look, uh, I don't have a problem with this hire. I really don't. Um, I think that the Cowboys probably checked in on Lincoln Riley. He probably said, listen, guys, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to keep counting my money in Oklahoma and, and winning, winning and winning going 11 and 2 every year. I'm going to be just fine. Thanks. And and then when you look at who's available after that, I mean, Mike McCarthy's the only guy out of all these other guys available who has won in the NFL. And I don't think the Cowboys coming off the year that they just had and having the kind of talent that they have or at least that Jerry and, you know, Stephen Jones think they have I don't think that they could take a chance with a first-time coach. How stupid were the Giants and Browns do it. not to hire him? I thought the Browns, we said it last week, I thought the Browns should have ran and got this guy 
to, because they need a, a, a guy who's won. And I maybe it's – who cares if it's been a while? You know how many people have won one Super It's hard to win Super Bowls, okay? I know he had Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He still won a Super Bowl. That's it. And he brings somebody – you know, he's won in the NFL. And I think that that's – they that's need that it. down in Dallas. And, and Garrett doesn't win. And the, and the word is is that Jerry, for the he, most part— He wins part, regular season games and, and division games, but he doesn't win playoff games. Right. And, and all you heard today was how, oh, well, why would you want to deal with Jerry Jones and why would you want to deal with this? Other reports have said, hey, you know what, for the most part, I know that Jerry plays that part where he's doing his own press conferences after games, but allegedly he does let the coach kind of do what he wants to do when it comes to, you know, the game day operation. Right. You know, it's on you. He doesn't you know? coach. He doesn't coach the team. He just is the face of the organization. Pick, him and Steven pick the players for you, but you get to coach the football team. Right. So maybe Mike, you know, McCarthy wants to What's do that. What's wrong with that? Isn't that what Gase has? He said, I don't pick the players, I coach. Not only that, why would you want to coach for Jerry Jones? Well, because even if you have a mediocre record, he'll use you for 10 years. I mean, why would you not want that job? You yeah. got job security. Yeah. Pretty much. There's no way to – that guy, what do you get, a five-year deal? He'll be there five years at least, I guarantee it. So we'll talk to Bob Sturm about it. We'll talk to Bill Michaels about him, what he thinks of him. Because uh, now everybody's high on this Lafleur guy up in uh, Green Bay because he, he's had a great first year, right? So they just love him. But I want to get the down low on what the deal is with McCarthy because he was there so long. I think people got sick of him. You know what I mean? And they got so used to him that it got stale, like bread. Right, eventually just tune out the same message right. over and over. Right, right, right. I think that's what happened. We'll find out. Tonight on the bench, we're going to dig deep for you, the fans. We have nothing better to do in our lives. Um, here we go. Uh, the NFL wild cards are in the books. In the NFC, the Vikings stunned the Saints in overtime on Kyle Rudolph's touchdown from Kirk Cousins. In Philly, the Eagles lost Carson Wentz to a concussion on a clowny hit and then couldn't find the end zone with McCown. Is that his name, McNown? And it was 17-9 the final, Seattle won. Uh, I hit the Vikings spread. I hit the Seattle win and spread both ways. On Saturday, the Patriots lose. The dynasty ends, let's face it, at home to the Titans. Huge win for Tannehill and uh, Henry. I didn't believe it till I saw it, and I did see it, so now I believe it, right? I, I didn't believe it until I saw it, and I saw it, so now I, I believe it, right? I said it twice because that's how stunning it really is. That they actually kicked their ass is what I thought they did. They kicked their ass. And once again, he threw a pick six. And, and now they're all talking about, uh, is he finished? And, and we're going to get into that tonight as well. But um, the one thing I'll say is the Texans beat the Bills in a wild game. That was the best game of the weekend. I have to say, without a doubt, the Bills should have won the game. We might need like a 40 minutes on this later. So. Right, because, uh, listen. I've got about 15 things that happened in this game that – I mean, it's just—it's such a wild and crazy game, like you said. It was unbelievable. And it starts with a number one. You absolutely cannot lose a playoff game where you are up sixteen nothing with a minute and a half left in, in the, the third, third quarter. You can't do it. Now, after that, did they fight back? Did they do things? There's a billion things that happen in that game that are so crazy and frustrating. We'll talk about it later. It's just, All right, we'll it's do too it later. Much. But I have to tell you, they should have won that game. I, I, I agree. And then. Um, I thought their defense played brilliant, and I thought but I, I thought, awesome. but I thought Allen played great too. He was so much he, better. He gave you the whole Josh Allen experience. You had you the, super the, high. You could see the super talent that he has, and you also saw where he still needs to just. He's still young and twenty three years threw old. That and, ball I mean, the, the flips and the and, you know the. 
the the fumble in the third quarter, you know, he fumbled the football. Right, the intentional with grounding and then the twenty yard, you know, scramble on fourth down to get sacked in his own territory after that to turn it over. Right. But you, look, you I give him a, I give him an A minus for sure. Not an A plus, but an A minus. And that guy dropped that touch. He threw a perfect ball with fifteen seconds left in the first half. And Duke Williams dropped the ball in the end zone. That's the other touchdown they should have had right there. There's so much in the game that bothered me. They should have won. Uh, I cannot believe that I hit the Texans not only to win but to cover. That's insane. Down 16 nothing in the fourth quarter. You know, at the end of the third, it was what? It was 16-8 at the end of the okay, third. Okay, so they scored before they the scored end of the third. scored with about a minute, minute and a half okay, left in the third so quarter. So they scored, and they were down uh, eight. Then the fumble by Allen at midfield because they were moving again. And they got he three. Fumbled, they got three to 16-11. And then they scored, took the lead. 1916, and then gave up the 47-yarder to tie it, right. which was clutch as hell. He made it clutch. That and guy, that, what did he make? And, five field and, goals. And they had went how many, down. How many did he kick? That was after going down once, the the fourth and 27, where they got backed up. Them stopping them on a fourth and one. Oh my God. Where O'Brien trying to give that away. Where O'Brien probably should have kicked the field goal right. and put him up six. Or at least, <laughs> at least run it outside with Watson or something. Don't just say, hey, we're going to run this up four times. It was, it was unbelievable. So many swings of emotion. I have to tell you, when I watched that game, I cussed so much. And I was screaming and yelling so much. And I didn't know, uh, like, I won't deny I had the Texans uh, on the bat, right? But I didn't believe in them for one minute because I told you all week I thought the Bills could win the game. And I, I, I literally was scared to death. Mavi, how many times did I tell you I'm scared to death of the Texans? I lost count. So I thought the Bills would win the game. And when they were up 16 nothing, I thought it was in the bag. All right. Uh, despite recovering from his hip uh, surgery for another three months, Tua Tagovailoa will enter the draft because money talks. Let's just save everyone a bunch of time right there, all right? All right, Bob Stern from Bad Radio on the Ticket in Dallas is up first tonight. On the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, that uh, miserable bowl game that's going on, no offense, uh, Louisiana 27-17 on Miami of Ohio with four and a half minutes to go. And uh, Miami's getting 14 and a hook. That's all that I know. So I got Louisiana to win. I got I got the 14 and a half on the spread side. I just need this game to end, and then everybody will be happy on a, on a meaningless, stupid game that I bet on because I have a massive gambling problem. Why are they playing this bowl? Just so that I have something to look at before I uh, watch a hockey game. I think I'm watching. Isn't there? I Didn't I say there's like a late night Blue Jackets Kings game on or something that I got my hands on? Anyway, one of the great hosts in America on the radio. If you've never heard Bob Sturm, then you're missing out. He does bad radio on the ticket in Dallas. He's also a huge face and voice of the Dallas Stars who uh, have been quite interesting to follow this year. And they just got done playing in the big winter classic on New Year's Day in front of 85,000 at the Cotton Bowl. Mr. Sturm, how are you, sir? Scotty, what's going on? Mafia. Hey. The whole gang is doing well. Hey, happy new year, brother. So um, tell me uh, what was the reaction today? I have to at least say to you that I, you know, I've heard all these negative things and all these people ripping that higher, and I couldn't disagree more. I think, uh, frankly, he's, uh, A, been around a lot of great quarterbacks and, and coached a lot of great quarterbacks, you name it, uh, Montana, Young, Favre, Rodgers, it goes on and on. Uh, he goes eight straight playoffs, nine of ten years playoffs, and won a Super Bowl. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't, you know, all these guys on TV that think they know more than Mike McCarthy, it's hilarious, all these big mouths and idiots that think they're so wonderful and they're geniuses. They're all a bunch of idiots and tools. This guy's a winner. I don't care what anybody says. That's all there is to it. What's the reaction in Dallas to this hire? 
Yeah, you know, I, that's interesting because I'm on the same page with you, Scotty. And, and I, uh, you know, uh, being a born and bred cheesehead before I got down here to Dallas, I've, I've got uh, plenty to say on Mike McCarthy. And, and it's not all perfect, not at all. But uh, this is a guy that took over the Packers job. If you'll remember, it was chaos, man. It right. was Favre, Favre was a mess. Uh, you know, they, they drafted Aaron Rodgers when Favre wanted them to go get Randy Moss and to get some help for the offense, and there was drama everywhere, and Mike Sherman had screwed everything up. And what McCarthy did just to get Favre playing quarterback again on a high level was pretty magnificent because Favre threw 29 interceptions in 2005 before he got there, and within two years he's back in the NFC title game. And then in two more years, he's in the NFC title game with a different team. And you could argue both times Favre should have gone to the Super Bowl in the 07 and 09 championship games, and it just didn't work out. But to get your quarterback back from the dead playing at that level, I haven't even mentioned what he did with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the guy knows what he's doing. He, he made Aaron Brooks a good quarterback in New Orleans for like five seasons. So you think about what that says. So this guy understands offense. He understands you know, uh, building a football team, accountability, unity, all these types of things. A lot of things that the Cowboys haven't been getting over the course of time. And then people talk about, well, he's a super conservative coach. And that just doesn't make sense. I, you know, I, 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 there are areas where he was too conservative with Green Bay. But for the most part, nobody went for it on fourth down more than Mike McCarthy. Uh, nobody was passing the ball on first down more than Mike McCarthy. I mean, these are facts. These are not made-up anecdotes. Uh, you can sort the statistics, and it will bear out that Mike McCarthy was attacking long before uh, you know it became the new thing in the National Football League. So I, I think it's a pretty solid hire. Uh, were there better ideas out there? Eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, I, they didn't go through a long process, and uh, we can certainly ask the question of whether. He has, you know, the full control that he needs and whether he can name his whole staff. But in the end, I think the Cowboys did really, really well, except they probably waited somewhere between, I don't know, one and seven years too many on Jason Garrett. Yeah, it's really uh, crazy. I said tonight that um, I did that that this guy, he never won any big games. This guy never won any big, real big games, if you really look at it. And meanwhile, this guy that they just hired has won so many big games, it's not even funny, and he won the biggest game of all. I mean, like, what more do you have to do to get respect in this world from the talk radio or television uh, pundits than to win a Super Bowl? I don't care who was your quarterback. I don't care where you did it. I don't care what the weather was. (laughs) I really don't. Well, and it certainly helps uh, for this particular job if you win the Super Bowl at their stadium. And uh, it also helps that if you spent the last 10 years kind of kind of eliminating the Cowboys and beating the Cowboys in big games, and that's whether it was Tony Romo at quarterback or Dak Prescott at quarterback. And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy had their way with this Cowboys franchise on a number of occasions. Heck, Matt Flynn won a big game at Cowboys Stadium in 2013, if, uh, if, if you recall that a game where they were down, I think, 26-3 at the half, came all the way back to win it with backup Matt Flynn, made Matt Flynn a lot of money, by the way, and also uh, kept the Packers alive in the Super Bowl or in the playoff race until Rodgers' collarbone could heal, and they won that game at Soldier Field in the, in the final week. So I, I, think, I think McCarthy's a real solid hire. I think 
obviously this Cowboys team underachieved, and I promise you, if McCarthy was the coach of this thing in 2019, there is no doubt in my mind that they that, that they were in the playoffs. But uh, it didn't happen. The Cowboys sat on Garrett and and uh, you know Rod Marinelli and that defense for way too long. Uh, things they kind of wasted a lot of real solid years, and now uh, they're going to try to uh, fix this thing in 2020, and, and we'll see where it goes. But but I like the hire. Hey, so uh, Bob Stern with us, a great host from the Ticket in Dallas. Tell me this, uh, why did it uh, take so long to finally fire him? What the hell was going on with the like the, the lingering hangover, which was from the end of the season until finally on whatever it was, Sunday, they finally said he's out. Like, what the hell was that about? Well, it's I mean, it's all about the fact that uh, Jerry Jones, for, for all of his faults, is loyal uh, beyond belief. And I suppose uh, loyalty can be a fault, can it? But uh, in this case, uh, you could argue Jason Garrett was uh, a de facto Jones son, and uh, it was just super, super difficult for Jerry, who kind of thought he might have his own Tom Landry, uh, which uh, certainly seemed ridiculous very early in Garrett's career, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, but he just wanted it to work so badly. He wanted it to work because he really liked Garrett. He wanted it to work because Garrett was a cowboy as a player and, and, and for that. But he also wanted it to work so he could kind of say he did it his way. Because, uh, you know, at the heart of all the Jerry Jones conversation in this city, it does boil down to the fact that his success was in the first five or six years of owning this franchise and was largely done with Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy Johnson will tell you that he was finding the players, he was bringing them in, he was making the trades and that uh, Jerry Jones was a GM in title only, and that was Jimmy's dynasty. And ever since then, he spent 25 years trying to prove that, no, I had as much to do with this as Jimmy. Uh, you know, whether you credit uh, Jimmy with the Super Bowl, Barry Switzer won with all of Jimmy's team or whatever, uh, that's uh, open for debate. But that was 1995. Scotty, it's been 24 seasons where this team has not even made it to an NFC title game. And so he wanted this Jason Garrett hire to be the one that made all the sense. He hired him in 07 as an offensive coordinator before he even knew that Wade Phillips would be his head coach. And that feels very backwards to me, but that's how Jerry does business. He made him the head coach in 2010. They did not make the playoffs in 2010, 2011, 2012, or 2013. And I, I could tell you at the end of that fourth season, I was done with Jason Garrett. You don't take the Cowboys job and not make the playoffs your first four seasons or at least three full ones and, right. and still keep your job. But he did. And uh, in 14, they had a good year with Romo, and it looked like uh, they were building something nice. But then in 15, the collarbone went on Romo. 16, they bounced back with Dak and Zeke as rookies. In 17, you have the Zeke suspension and everything falls. So they never made consecutive playoffs. They were only in the playoffs three out of nine years with Garrett. What took him a decade to pull the plug? Man, I will never know the answer to that. I don't have any idea, Scotty. So uh, they still have a loaded team with talent. It's inexplicable how they were so average. Like they had the best offense in the league, and then they you know, are like a 500 team. Moving forward, I would think, frankly, that they, you know, they have the talent. I think now they finally have a real coach. I think this other guy was a poser. So how do you envision next year going for this guy to, uh, you know, from the jump? 
Well, it's going to be interesting because nobody ran the ball less than Mike McCarthy. Even when he had Aaron Jones uh, last year, teams were like, or, uh, you know, even commentators were like, why don't the Packers run the ball anymore? They run it really well, but it's like they hate to run it. And then McCarthy might suggest that, well, Rodgers is changing the play. So we don't know how much the offense will change. And we honestly don't know how much the offense needs to change because statistically they were really great across the board. They were just inconsistent. The problem, I think, is this defense and the defense has been a little bit stale a little bit too uh conservative uh their blitz rates over the last several years they just don't blitz they bend but don't break they sit back in their cover three it looks a little bit antiquated and it looks like they don't have enough playmakers in the secondary they never get any turnovers so they need to start playing complimentary football they're the worst special teams team in the entire nfl their defense gets no takeaways and so all the talk shows want to talk dak prescott and and jason garrett and, and the offensive coordinator all the time and in reality it's just you know it's one portion of a of a team and we all know one you know one solid unit on a football team doesn't take you anywhere so they've got to build an entire uh, uh you know they'll, they'll say program or whatever mike mccarthy has to put his full program in here and i agree with that and he did a very good job of it in green bay and like you said uh nine out of ten seasons i think uh 10 out of 12 seasons the packers were in the playoffs that's where the Cowboys should be. That's the type of talent they have. They probably don't have Aaron Rodgers here in his prime, but they've got a, a team with very few weaknesses. They have good depth. They just have to find the ability to, to get the ball so that their offense doesn't have to go 75, 80 yards every drive, and they just have to keep building with a little more of an aggressive uh, take on both sides of the ball, attack more, and, and, and put teams on their heels because when the, if the Cowboys have a fault, it's when they get in real tough situations. They got to go on the road to Philadelphia, for instance, in week 16. They get super, super conservative and timid, and it ends up blowing up in their face because everybody knows they're about to run inside zone with Zeke and do an eight-man box, and uh, pretty soon that drive is about to end just because everybody and their brother knows what they're trying to do. Hey, uh, respectfully, I got 45 seconds. Uh, did you guys know Montgomery had a drinking problem? Montgomery? Yeah. Everybody knows that, right? No, I well, oh, I know no, now. No, 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 but... I, okay. No, no, no. Okay. I thought I thought we were doing I I'm sorry. I I totally didn't understand the question. I I didn't know you were talking about our hockey coach. Yeah. I thought okay. I'm Scotty, I just totally tanked there and we're running out of time. That's all right. No. Uh no, I don't know that everybody knew that Jim Montgomery had a drinking problem. Uh, I'm very sorry. What an awesome. It's all right. It's all right. Like, no, no worries. I didn't know if, if it was like a big secret. No one knew what no. was going on. Well, no. I mean, there were talks about his uh, his love of the nightlife. But honestly, in hockey, that's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, there are certain things that uh, you aren't uh, prepared for. Right. For instance, me in that last question. That's all right. But, uh, the, the, the Jim Montgomery breaking news, that one uh, was, was one of the uh, big shockers of 2019. Yeah, I just want you to know that when I was uh, the Thrasher's play-by-play guy, I didn't drink. I drank heavily. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought you thought you were asking me, like, if Mafia had one or if you had a gambling problem, no. and I was just trying to play along we with have, the we have so. We have all those problems. And then, like, I mean, just we have all the problems. I love you, Bob. Bob, great stuff tonight. Thanks for coming on the bench. Thanks, Scotty. We'll talk to you. All right, Bob Sturman, the ticket in Dallas. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, who's ready for the divisional round? Pharrellonthebench.com sure is. Two games Saturday, two more on Sunday. You can't beat it. Pharrellonthebench.com is all over it.
I hit 63% of the bets on the wild card weekend. Every day you get pro and college rack, hockey, boxing, MMA, you name it. Amazing price, killer results. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. So, Carver High, uh, you did your uh, party at Bobby McCann's on Saturday, which is a huge event with Benoit Hogue. Uh, you did the ILC podcast live in a bar in in uh, Long Island, Massapequa. So uh, how was the event, and how was Benoit Hogue, and what did he say about the fight? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we had a really big crowd. We made uh, a lot of money for the Long Island Stars youth hockey team. They're heading up to a tournament in Quebec in a couple weeks, so uh, that was really cool. Um, he was great. I, uh, I talked to him for about a half an hour. We hung out. We did talk about the fight. Uh, the, the Dale Hunter incident. What did he say? Uh, you know, he, he was just, you know, listen, uh, like he said, um, he'd never seen anything like it, obviously, in the game before. He said there's no place for it. And, uh, you know, when you get in a situation like that, you just grab the closest guy and you just and it just starts happening. <laughs> That's pretty much what it all is, you know, because right. that was a melee uh, in that whole that whole thing that happened with Hunter. So he was really good. Talked about winning the cup in Dallas. Talked about playing for the Isles, uh, the whole deal. So it was uh, really fun. I'm putting it up on, uh, if you missed it, uh, the live streamer, if you couldn't make it out, I'm putting it up on the uh, Isles Seat uh, uh, podcast. Uh, you know, I'm putting it out as an episode. So you can go ahead. All right, so uh, let me ask you, what happened? All right, so you're at this event doing the show live, and then at the same time we knew Friday that the Bills game was going to be going on at the same time right. roughly that yeah. you were interviewing Ben Wahug. And that I predicted you would not listen to Ben Wahog. You it would was, actually be uh, going, yes, uh-huh, 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 while you were looking over his shoulder at the Bills game. It was what hard. Happened? It was very hard, not going to lie. Um, I got there early, of course. So I got to watch the first hour of the Bills game, no problems at all. In fact, when I think I started uh, doing the show and talking to Ben Wah, I think it was 10 nothing at the time. It was 10 nothing Bills when I started talking to him. Right. So I didn't see live – the end of the first half where Duke Williams dropped the ball in the end zone and John Brown didn't t- tap his toes down by the five-yard line. I missed all that. Um, so I did – I was finishing up with him. So then it was halftime. I'm finishing up with Hogue, and people just start cheering. That was the kickoff of the second half, that dopey play where they thought they scored a touchdown right. when the guy threw the ball at the referee to start the second half. I don't understand why people got so crazy about that. Um, what well, – why did the Bills think that they had a touchdown there? The guy was giving himself up, and he threw the ball to the referee. Um, I just didn't didn't get it, why everybody got so hot over that. That that was a, a touchback. Right. It was a touchback, and and I didn't see it. I just hear people start yelling from the bar, and uh. I'm looking up, and I see 19 nothing on the screen. I'm going, what do we got here? Right. I, I did stop. I was still talking to him at that point. I stopped in the middle of everything. I had to go, Benoit, I'm sorry for a second. What do we got here right. on the TV? I'm looking for something. Nobody, you know, I'm getting no response. You know, nobody's giving me what's happening. I was probably done with him about five, ten minutes after that. And I had the rest of the, I was done right before um, Watson went in to for the first touchdown. Before the half. Right. And then I was locked in the rest of the way. So then you were done with the broadcast then? In the middle of the third quarter. So I picked it up, locked in. So you said goodnight from Bobby McCann's show over, and then you started your undivided attention toward the football game. Right. I had to go find a TV that I could get close enough to because it was pretty packed in there. 
they were putting the sound on the was island. Was your wife there? She was. So uh, somebody was watching Olivia, and and she was yeah, she right, was at so the Cole's parents. So then you were in full like zoned in on the football game, and then like you know uh, zoned drinking in. beer. All, all the people that wanted to talk to me about the Islander game, just like, talk Islanders. I was like, I didn't talk to her. My mother was there. My sister and, and her husband were there. I mean, nobody. So you didn't was, love your family. B comp surprised me and showed up. He took the night off. I didn't even know that he was coming. I didn't talk to him for an hour and a half. I went and found a TV on the other side of the bar with a couple people I never met before in my life because they had the biggest TV in front of it, and I was with them for like the next hour and a half till this mess was over. Really? Uh, and so when you were watching that. Uh... What happened when you saw the game unfold from that point forward? Did you freak out? Or? I did. Look, what, it, what was going on there? You knew it wasn't over. You know, it, when Watson goes in and they get the two and it's sixteen to eight, it's a one-score game. You know it's not over. And they had blown so many opportunities to make that more of a sixteen-nothing game. You know, this is what I always say about this team: their defense is going to give them a chance to win. They gave them a chance to win every week this year. The question always is, will the offense score enough points to get them over the top, to win the football game? And I always say 20. If the offense can get 20 or more, they're going to win. And that would have worked. They would have scored more during the game and not kicked field goals all night. They would have been all right. But they kicked field goal and field goal and field goal. And let's be fair here. The one touchdown they scored was a trick play. It was a trick play. It was wide receiver pass to Allen over on the side. Right. So it's you know they needed more touchdowns and they didn't get them. And then the defense, which was held up for so long, you can only hold Watson down forever. He's such a great player. Eventually he's gonna get you. And he basically scored the first touchdown by himself, moved him down the field. Right. Allen fumbles. They're moving the football at midfield. He fumbles. They get another field goal. Drive stalls, you know, Hopkins catches that 45-yard pass, and then they go down and they get the next touchdown. It just so much is going on. Here's what I didn't understand. This is what bothered me in the second half. Before we even get to overtime, you're up 16 to nothing, right? You're running the ball. Great. Singletary had a great game. Whenever Singletary was touching the ball, Why'd you stop he was doing good ball? things. Why is he coming out in empty sets and throwing the foot? Allen threw the football, what was it, 46 times. Now, a lot of that was, you know, from the moment that they got down 19 But I thought he threw the ball he great. He threw the ball. He, was, he played really well. The first half, he was excellent. I thought he played really well in the first half. And he but had his when moments got hairy, in the second half. It, when it got and hairy. And I think it got hairy, and he got a little bit uh, unwound, but and you things have were to going have, crazy. But you have to have complete, utter faith in the future with him. I do. Without and, a doubt. And there are things that he is going to get better at. He's 23 years old. He's played two seasons in the NFL. He's already played a playoff game. This is going to go down as that, well, hopefully he gets some experience here. He's played in a playoff game. He's going to learn from this, blah, 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 blah. They still should have won the game. There's so much in overtime that bothers me. He had that sweep in overtime where uh, it was they were running the same play that they he got a 50-yard run on the first drive of the game. Four guys out blocking in front of him. And Dawson Knox and Mitch Morse just whiff on that guy Cunningham on the Texans, and he racks Allen for no gain. And, then the, and here's the thing. I'm not going to blame the officials either. I don't like blaming refs. But the, but the Texans got every single crucial call in that game. The dopey backside block in overtime. That was a bad the, call. When the Bills were moving in field goal range. Block. 
I, I mean, he's the guy's looking at. I, technically, that, that by was the, the key rules, to the game. They were in field goal range if that block doesn't that was get, a field goal get range. Pull, pulled back right, right there. That was 15 yards. You know, that, that was a really tough one to swallow. The Bills had seven or eight sacks, and you, you, they didn't call one holding penalty on the Texans all game. The Bills are swarming the backfield the whole entire game, not one holding penalty. But it wasn't about the refs. It was about they didn't score enough touchdowns, and in overtime, two plays by the defense. Two that they absolutely cannot allow to happen. First is the third and 18, which another thing with the refs, the play clock was at zero for about a second and a half before he snapped the ball, but forget that. You still got to stop the third and 18. You have to stop and that play. And they got that, the, and when, it, when the, guy the, that got, dove, right. the, the guy dove, the guy dove and little, made it between little, two tackles little check and got down, the first down. Little check down. The Bills had like 10 guys at the, at the line. That was huge. Little check down. And then the other one, of course, as we know, was the play that won them the game. Where two, where Neil and Milano basically run into Watson like a missile, and they don't wrap him up and take him down, and Watson spins out of it, makes the play over to the running back. He runs for 45 yards, puts him in a field goal range. How do those two guys not tackle Watson there? Yeah. How do you not tackle him? They both smash into uh, him. That was like I, I, that reminded me of Eli Manning in the I Super Bowl. I could not. That's exactly what it reminded me of too. How do you not wrap the guy so up and tackle him? When they him? lost, uh, what happened to it you? It was awful. You were, I, I mean, I, it, was it was a waste of it. Losing stuff. It, it was just nobody. Wor- worst night ever. It was hard because if and I and then was, the Islanders lost, and I didn't even care. Like I was even. The Islanders thing was like the last thing on my mind. But the Bills just killed. I you. spent the whole weekend. I'm still upset about it. I spent the whole weekend thinking about this game. It's the and worst. About how they could have won this game. It's the worst. Awful. I was so upset. And there's other little things that I keep thinking about in the game that just would have did this. Oh, it was just a, a tough weekend for me all around. Yeah, that's brutal. But you know what? Maybe this is the start of something. Who knows? They're they're on the rise, right? Well, Maybe. I, listen. If you ask me. Unequivocally, they're the favorite to me in the NFC or AFC East next year. Right out of the uh, gates, need another wide receiver. Uh, they're loaded. That defense and that quarterback and that running game. I think they're the favorites in the AFC East. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 